Hey guys, this is Steve Rosenthal from Powertown Wrestling, originally with Remco Toys back in the 80s, and this is Jared and Jimmy on giving me back my pro wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. And today we are doing something really cool, I think. This one is called Thank You Pro Wrestling. I think that's just the name of the show. What do you think? Yeah, Thank You Pro Wrestling. I agree. You like it? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, we know that this show is dropping on the time frame of around Thanksgiving. Our normal days are Thursdays. But in this case, because it's Thanksgiving, I was going to drop it one day early. You know, I know people are busy. Trust me, from podcasts in the past, dealing with holidays and stuff like that, it's kind of hard to get people to listen because they're out of their routine, you know, and they're with family and, you know, it's not driving into work and sitting at work or whatever. So what I thought is let's just release this on Wednesday and that way they can listen to it sometime during that, you know, day before or on Thanksgiving or whatever. Yeah, sometime during your travels. Yeah, sometime during the travels or that weekend or whatever. We appreciate all y'all for everything you've done for us. Our last episode, the What If Sting and Ultimate Warrior Taking Opposite Paths has done amazing. And one thing that I'm really impressed with right now is how our YouTube has been responding to things. We're not Logan Paul level yet, but we're getting there, you know? Oh, yeah, we're... We're climbing the ladder. We may never be to that level or anything like that, but we're happy to just chug along and uh, slowly, slowly climb that ladder. Absolutely. And while we're climbing that ladder, we love the idea of building up our YouTube. And at the same time, we still always have the normal podcast catcher. So however you want to listen to it, we're making it simpler for you. You know, that's what we're all about at Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling is we're making it simpler for you. So with that being said, I wanted to kind of do an episode today that kind of, you know, dropped it back a little bit. You know, maybe, you know, because we've done episodes in the past that kind of tried to show our fans and stuff like that. But this one is literally something super simple. You know, thank you wrestling or thank you pro wrestling or whatever, but it's kind of self-explanatory. So what we're going to do is we're going to do it in a top 10 format. It can be a wrestler. It can be a tag team. It can be a moment. It can be an angle. It can be anything wrestling that we are thankful for. So as long as it is in the spectrum of pro wrestling, we can talk about it and put it in our top 10. I mean, I'm excited to hear what your list is because, you know, my list, I feel really confident in it. I don't know. I'm just excited to let the world know about our our thanks for pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) in a way, I know it's not Valentine's Day, but it's kind of our love letter to wrestling a little bit if you want to look at it uh, that way. Uh, we can do the love letter to wrestling on Valentine's show if you want to, but uh, this is uh, <laughs> coming. This is what we're Coming. thankful for. 
and, and coming it, February. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it's going to show, I, I think we could have some similar things on here. I'm expecting some, I've tried a little yep. bit to think outside the box to, right. uh, to kind of not give you that, but there's been a couple times before when I've tried to think outside the box and we still meet there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's natural. We're blood related brothers from same mothers, you know, yeah. so. And the same father. So. Yeah. And the same dad. <laughs> I know we give our mom the credit all the time, but <laughs> anyway, it's same dad too. We're streets. So <laughs> one thing that I'll be thankful for is that if my voice makes it through the episode, because man, I've been battling this chest cold croup sinus. I don't know what it is. I've tested negative for COVID twice. So I don't think it's that I'm all boosted up. I'm hoping that's doing its job, but you know, at the same time, I, I got this thing going on, but it's like, at first it was like, Hey baby, how you doing? (laughs) But now it's like all in my throat and stuff. And it's just not fun. Yeah. I know a little bit of everything's going around here. They say a lot of kids around here have flu in in the schools. So a lot of stuff, well, RSV, like, stuff like that's going around. So, Ooh, RSV. <clears throat> what, what is RSV? Um, it's just a, it's a viral thing. Most, mostly you see it in young kids, but it can, they can get pretty sick. Um, it tends to hit, honestly, before you see it hit the worst, like infants and like uh, under two kind of. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, one thing that I want to say thank you for is thank you not only for you being my podcast partner in this, you know, thank you so much for being able to be my tag team partner in this podcasting wrestling world. So I definitely appreciate that. We'll talk more about that later, but I say this, I say, let's take a break and I say, let's talk a little, you know, thank you wrestling. What do you think? That sounds great to me. Let's get started. I'll be right back after these messages. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. And we are back with Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling's Thank You Pro Wrestling. And what we're going to do is we're going to do this in the normal top 10 format. We're going to do 10 through 6 and 5 through 1. So why don't you go ahead and start with your number 10, Jut? My number 10, it's hard to number these things in, in some degree, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll start with number 10 with something a little more recent. I'll go number 10. The direction that Triple H seems to have WWE going in. Oh, yeah. I like that one. That's a good one. I struggled with something current. Yeah. I, I really, yeah. There, There's just something about, there seems to be an excitement from fans, an excitement from the talent. I think he's trying to undo some wrongs that were done yeah. uh, under, the, yeah. under Vince or whoever you want to blame. If it was um, Johnny Ace or whoever it was that were... 
kind of cutting some yeah. of these people loose. Um, right. I think he's trying to make up for it and trying to push the right directions. I mean, you see somebody, you know, we've heard for however long that Bray Wyatt's coming back, Bray Wyatt's coming back. Well, he finally came back and it, it seems it could be the right track for him. I, I'm anxious yeah. to see what they're going to do. I hope they don't rush and put a belt on him and try to make him champion and job him out to Goldberg again. But <laughs> I, yeah, I think they need to take the slow simmer with him. Let him get in some good feuds and yeah. just keep up what they're doing. Cause it, it is exciting. The stuff with the bloodline and Sami Zayn is amazing right now. Oh uh, yeah. Sami yeah. Zayn is it, so underrated in that role. I think, I mean, I think he's getting props, but I think that he's yeah. very underrated in everything he's doing right now. So could not agree more. I'm not the biggest Sami Zayn fan and everybody's known that. And I'm not either. I will, and I'm not either at all. Yeah. But, but, but I will say this, that I have become a bigger fan of him. Jimmy, Jimmy, who doesn't love Jimmy? Also with the Bray Wyatt, I love this idea with the Eli Drake, LA Knight feud that they're about to do on the microphone. I think he's almost one of the very best going right now, as far as it goes, LA Knight. Also, he can work. He looks good. He's a veteran. He's never had his shine at the biggest level that he's at right now. He sounds like the rock. He, he does. He's like, he's got that rock vibe about they him. They say he and does cool. like maybe voiceover stuff as the rock for That's WWE. I, I think I heard that. Or maybe he just, That's awesome. or maybe, maybe I'm wrong with that, but there's something because I heard this interview and I was like, man, if I close my eyes, that sounds like the rock. It does. It it does. You're right. And and that's cool by my book. Yeah, you know? that's fine. I'm yeah. totally cool with that. Yeah. I will say, like you said, I hope he's not blowing his load, essentially, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like he's got it in a good direction and I'm excited to see and, and we'll see where it goes. Definitely. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, my number 10 is probably going to show you a little bit of what the rest of my top 10 is going to be about. And my number 10, and I tried my best to put these in an order that really, truly like this one meant something, this one meant something, this one meant something, and so on and so forth. Number 10 is <laughs> Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling Cartoon. Right. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, with that being said, the rock and wrestling cartoon came at a time for you and I and us that really cemented part of our fandom. If you watch it now, it's kind of hard to watch. You know, it's not as good as G.I. Joe or He-Man. Or, well, maybe He-Man, but it's not as good as some of those cartoons. But the cool thing was, is it took our superhero wrestlers and that generation of wrestlers are so nostalgic to me that time frame if i think of jimmy snooker andre the giant you know it's the ljn figure it's the rock and wrestling cartoon it's the actual wrestling on tv iron sheik hulk hogan i mean all of those characters on tv as a wrestler and as a cartoon it just was so good i'm really surprised that they haven't tried to do more with that yeah. Or also, I'm surprised they haven't tried to recreate that in some format, you know? Well, um, well, as a uh, dad to a little boy that loves pro wrestling, I know that they did have a couple of Scooby-Doo, um, or yeah, a couple right. of Scooby-Doo movies, Flintstones, Jetsons, Jetsons yeah. everything like that. But none of them hit the same, really. But No. Um, 
you know, you know, no, and I mean, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I mean, I know you say the LJN figures are those, but I would love, 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 love to see more of an homage to those characters in that show with a, yeah. like a Mattel line of some kind and you can cartoon them up or, you know, yeah, I don't expect yeah. them, but I think, I think that you could go deeper than the LJN kind of look went with them. Uh, Cause a lot, some of them look, really like it like hulk really looks like it kind of with with a little bit shorter hair in my opinion andre does but some of the others could have really hit better and it would be cool if they maybe paid homage sometime to that uh look yeah and i agree i saw something online one time where a guy was trying to make those and recreate them and they looked amazing and they even made a macho man who he was never on the show but he made him look like he was on the show and to oh, me cool. that just is impeccable no, know, that's very stuff. cool so anyway that one is my number 10 you know what's your number nine brother my number nine and you know when i say it it's not going to be that it's my favorite thing of all time but you know it was really big and it really was maybe one of the biggest events ever in wrestling but it's when stone cold started feuding with mr mcmahon give me a hell yeah Oh yeah. I mean, That's just think of, yeah. just think of how many times, uh, you know, somebody's want to beat up their boss or something like that for being a jerk and everything like yeah. that. And, you know, Stone Cold yeah. did that for everybody that ever needed it. He did. He definitely did. And, you know, thank him for it because it made it okay to assault your boss <laughs> at the workplace. What? Just uh, kidding. <laughs> it it, yeah. it kind of gave going postal a new, uh, a new look. It definitely did for sure. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm going to go ahead and say my number nine here. So my number nine is Stone Cold. What? The NWO. NWO. WCW versus WWF, the Monday Night Wars. Oh. To me, that took from my young days and it brought it into my teenage days and my 18-year-old and my 20s. And really, the Monday Night Wars cemented part of that in, in it almost elevated it past where it had ever been. And I know that's hard to say. And once you hear all of my list, you're going to be like, I don't know if you even believe that. But <laughs> I will say that it led it to that path and really took it up that notch to where it had never been. And it put it in a more reality-based attitude era. But the, the Monday Night Wars, a huge element of that was not only NWO versus WCW, but as you said, just like yours was Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. And I personally think that, you know, I think without the McMahon and Stone Cold feud, the Monday Night Wars might have not even been a war. You know what I mean? Oh, so. oh yeah. I mean, I think if you don't get that, the war may be over. I mean, totally. we may be watching yeah. WCW and AEW or whatever might have came after that. If you don't. Right. I mean, I don't know. Right. I don't know that WWE would have went bankrupt. Um, right. But- to know that with that war, I mean, it was for 83 weeks, as Bischoff's podcast says, they were they won the war and sometimes yeah. very handily won the war. And absolutely. If if some different decisions were made, who knows? Who knows where what yeah. happens? Um who knows? It's yeah. exactly right. I, you can yeah. also thank the attitude error for uh people going down the halls in high school yelling, suck it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and they did. And they they definitely did. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> yeah. So, well, tell us your number eight, brother. My number eight. And uh, if uh, Macho Man's listening from the great beyond, don't, uh, don't, don't hurt me, brother. But uh, Miss Elizabeth is my number eight. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> I mean, in a time when all the valets were uh, kind of heel valet or managers, um, you know, to see Miss Elizabeth, like she looked like an all-American girl. Yeah. And just to see her, I mean, kind of, it's like, okay, not all managers are bad. Not all managers look like Robbie Heenan. <laughs> Behind my back. Brother, I got proof right here, yeah. You got lust in your eyes and in your black heart for Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. And that couldn't be said better, honestly, is she was, she classed up the place. Oh, know? absolutely classed it up. I mean, I remember they had like a, a contest like thing where who was going to manage Macho Man, who was going to do this. And, and all these yeah. people were vying for his uh, kind of, attention and and he just brings up miss elizabeth and it's like okay yeah All that right. was incredible yeah that yeah. was absolutely incredible time i mean she's I before sunny before sable before um yeah whoever else totally. and uh i don't know she had a certain classiness about her um, right right Definitely made it classy in there, yeah, for sure, and and went so well. It was like the Tarzan and Jane, it, Beauty and the Beast kind of deal. Oh, with Macho Marcia, Man, yeah. you know the sanity and the madness. You know the 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 timid and the wild. Yeah, you know? there you go. He was like a wild beast, and she was like the meek mouse almost. Yeah, yeah, she really was. Yeah. I mean, her name was Miss Elizabeth, which comes with some sort of manners. Oh, and then yeah. you have Randy Savage. Yeah. So Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, you know. Yeah. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. 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 <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, my number eight is something again. Very similar, not exactly, but something similar. My number eight is the WWF Superstar Show that was on USA. Wow. So the one that we always missed if we went to church, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that was the one on Sunday mornings that we would miss. And sometimes we'd be like, we don't feel like going to church or we don't <laughs> feel like doing this. And it was just awesome. You know, it was always jobber squashes. It was a showcase of some type for their pro wrestlers they're trying to get over. And I tell you, man, that show just honestly was so was so nostalgic for me. And again, if you see a pattern, you can kind of see like Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, Stone Cold, NWO, Monday Night Wars, WWF Superstars on USA. So you kind of see where my things are going. But basically with this one, it was like the show that I would have loved to have watched all the time, but couldn't get to. And you got to realize back in those days, we had satellite or cable. I mean, we were blessed when we were growing up. A lot of kids didn't have all these channels, but we had a lot of channels. We definitely had cable, but I definitely remember a time when we didn't have things like MTV and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So with this was WWF superstars on USA. I mean, I just remember all the storylines that it would tell you very rarely saw Hulk in a match. It was always him in a interview, usually, you know, something oh, yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of one of the situation with mean gene and or something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't see him. You wouldn't see him yeah. wrestling Joe Bob Kaczynski or whatever. 
Right, right, exactly. Barry Horowitz, maybe. Barry Horowitz, yeah. Yeah, somebody like that. <laughs> well, what's your number seven, Judd? My number seven, uh, it, it's going to, I'm going to put on the plastic she cat for a second. My number seven is, I'm going to put Steve Rosenthal. From Remco. Oh, yeah. For okay. his, for his uh, idea to make wrestlers uh, into action figures. Action figures. And, you know, taking it to Vince and then taking it to Vern Gagne after Vince kind of got a better deal, so to say. And, yeah, I like it. And I like it a lot. You know, the fact that he got wrestling figures, because let's be honest, if we don't have wrestling figures, we still probably like wrestling, but we might not have loved it like we do. Yeah. Because yeah, they gave exactly us something right. that was a daily reminder if we went to play with our toys that, hey, uh, We've got this. Hey, look at this Hulk Hogan. Let's have a match with Hulk Hogan and um, Roddy Piper right now. We don't have to wait for WrestleMania to have that match. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, as a sidebar on this, I'm going to give a shout out. I was going through my collection the other day, and I realized how much these figures meant to me as a child. Uh, we've, you've heard of my Road Warriors love and all the my top lists and everything like that before. But uh, some right. figures that kind of didn't get the love for me that I had like so much love initially for as a child were the British Bulldogs, LJN figures. From LJN. Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to love loved those them. things. We loved them. We did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was it was cool, I think, because they looked alike and we were brothers. We always kind of, you know, gravitated to stuff like that. So, yeah, um, we did. You know, they yeah. may never make one of my top whatever lists. But they're, they're, I'm thankful for them because they gave me uh, such joy as a child. Absolutely. Cool figures. I love the Bulldogs now. I think they're definitely one of my top teams as far as the teams go. They're yeah. definitely one of the tops for me. But at the same time, those action figures, man, they were super cool for sure. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Steve Rosenthal was the godfather of all that. Right. You know? Yeah, so. I mean, he, did, he may not have worked for LJN or whatever like that, but if it wasn't for his idea – I'm sure it comes sometime, but when? Yeah. Right. You know, when? Right, exactly. Yeah. Who would have pushed that button? Yeah. You know, and it sounded like Vince was kind of on that path, but again, did Steve push him? Did did Steve did Steve's idea say, over? okay, yeah. Okay, this can be something. This can be you know, something. Something of that mm-hmm. effect. Yeah, I like it. Okay, well, so this one again, I'm kind of in a path, and you're going to bring up stuff that I'm going to be like, oh, dude, no, no, well, you've done this, you've done that to me, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's all good. So my number seven, something similar to the WWF superstars on USA, is NWA on TBS at six oh five. Now this, what's funny is it was on Saturday and Sunday at six oh five. So if you weren't somewhere for Saturday, you could also watch another wrestling show again on 605 on Sunday. At one time, they had the block. The only thing that would bounce it sometimes is Braves baseball. So never been a big fan of Braves because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the NWA on TBS at 605, you had stars such as the Road Warriors, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen, the Midnight Express, Ricky Morton, the Rock and Roll Express. You had Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, Nikita Koloff, the Koloffs, Paul Jones Army, you know, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, you had the Warlord, you had the Barbarian, you had Big Bubba Rogers, Jim Corn. I mean, everybody that you could say, that's, I just named a Hall of Fame right oh, there. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a wing and, of the Hall of Fame if they ever built an actual be. one. <laughs> 
Yeah, it should be. And I just think having that accessible to us is not is number one what made us the huge fans of the NWA and Jim Crockett that we were, but also it it gave us something different to watch other than the WWF, you know? And yeah. I mean, I'll never forget watching Saturday night and, and this should have been on my list, but I'm just going to say it. I never will forget watching Saturday night's main event. Cause I would stay at aunt Jeanette's house. Sometimes you would stay at aunt Mary's and uncle Eddie's and I would stay at aunt Jeanette's and Jeanette would always let me stay up late on Saturday nights. And we would have to go to church on Sunday morning, but Saturday night was all about, you know, whatever. So what was cool is I would always end up falling asleep to Saturday Night Live. But just so randomly, there would be Saturday Night's main event. It got to the point to where I would stay at Jeanette's and I would expect Saturday Night's main event every time I was there. But man, when it would pay off and it was actually on, oh my gosh, that was the best thing in the world. Seeing Saturday Night's main event in place of Saturday Night Live, it was just, there was nothing like it to me. You know, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's when you were talking about six oh five. I was thinking about staying at Mary and Eddie's when we were, you know, oh yeah, growing up. And I and you know, Eddie, Eddie watches more wrestling than anybody I know. Yeah, he's got everybody beat. He's got. Every, I don't know that there's <laughs> anybody that's watched more wrestling than him over the last forty years. So yeah, he's a king, and he watches it all too. He doesn't yeah. discriminate, and, yeah. except against the bad guys. He's not a heel a- fan. He's so. a baby face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that being said, that's what made the NWA on TBS at 605, my number seven. Think of it, Judd, the Melly Yellow cans. Oh. The, I mean, everything about it, the road warriors dropping the watermelons off the scaffold to show how the Midnight Express head was going to splat on the concrete. And yeah. It was just incredible, man. Incredible stuff. Sting, everybody, just so good. Barry Windham, everybody. So anyway, it's all great. That's my number seven. So what about your number six? My number six is uh, a little more current, but honestly, if it wasn't for this moment, I don't know if I would be into wrestling, at least the current product as much as I am now, but it's AJ Styles WWE debut at Royal Rumble 2016. Oh yeah. That's Uh, a great one. Just to have, you know, an appearance kind of out of nowhere, that you know, it was it was rumored and everything like that, but you're never for sure about something till it happens. And yeah. you know, just watching it, and they didn't wait long in the Rumble match itself. They they put him in at number three, and just for to get that payoff of that moment is, is spectacular. And I love AJ's work, so you know, watching him out there and finally get to see him in the WWE as has made me. Uh, more of a fan of the current stuff than I would have been had that moment not happened. No question. I, you know, AJ is so important to me in the current scheme of things. The guy is doing things at his age that is just, is so impressive. Yeah. And, you know, we're close in the age range too. And I can't imagine being able to do no, no that way. stuff, yeah. you know, in my teen years, much less at 45 or however old he is, but wow. You know? So yeah, you're right, man. AJ, that's a great moment and, and definitely one to be thankful for because it kind of, I, I can see that because it made me interested in wrestling as far as WWE goes again. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, my number six is Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, James J. Dillon, Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen, the most powerful name in professional wrestling. Oh, so, 
if they're number six, you got to understand that my top five is pretty important to me. So with that being said, I loved Ric Flair from when I was in my teenage years on. That's why they're not higher than number six. But I did appreciate them when I was a kid. I remember, you know, he would always fight my guys that I loved. But all the while, I loved his style, his swagger. Nature Boy Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler of all time. With that being said, let's go ahead and get that out there. But just the four horsemen, man, the symbol of excellence, as they say. You've got the Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard. Then you've got no Ole and you've got Lex. Then you've got no Lex and you've got Barry. Uh, even up onto Sid Vicious and all these guys. But at the same time, it was always Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. There was never a Four Horsemen without Ric Flair in it. There were other times that there were factions that he wasn't in, but that kind of seemed like the horsemen, like the dangerous alliance and stuff like that. But as far as it goes, the Ric Flair and the four horsemen, I'm thankful for them in pro wrestling for sure. Absolutely. It's a, you know, the dangerous alliance is about the best attempt at a four horseman type group without flair, but it just, it just never was the same and nothing like that could be, you know, honestly, if, if it wasn't for the four horsemen, you know, like, all these other factions would have have had trouble down the road. Oh, yeah, totally. And I I don't know that if you don't have those guys, does Jim Crockett promotions compete as much as they do, you know? I don't think so. So, Yeah, I mean, that's just just the way it is, you know? I just feel like if you were to remove them from the scenario, you know, I mean, I always think about, you know, we've got our shows called What If. I always thought about what if the horsemen were in WWF. So that may be something coming we soon. take down. The, <laughs> yeah, coming soon <laughs> to a podcast near you. <laughs> we definitely, you know, there's a nostalgia about all this. But I just remember not necessarily idolizing Ric Flair, but at the same time, you really appreciate him for the work that he did and the ability that he did it and the coolness that they had, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, It's, it's definitely those guys. uh, What is it? Men want to be them and women want to be with them. That's it. And all you girlfriends, what is it? Girls don't bring your boyfriends. Yeah. 18 to 28. Yeah. 18 to 28. (laughs) We'll be at the Marriott. Woo! I mean, you know, how infuriating would that have been to guys in the, you know, yeah. arena. Well, I brought her here, you know? <laughs> well, sorry, honey. Yeah, but you're not leaving with her. Yeah. So. Oldest ride, longest line. Anyway, well, I tell you what, let's take a quick break and we'll continue on after this break with more Thank You Pro Wrestling. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. 
look them up on Facebook and Instagram. All right, we're back with more from Thank You Pro Wrestling, our special Thanksgiving episode of Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And honestly, this can go all year long. This doesn't have to be just Thanksgiving. We're thankful for pro wrestling all year long. So with your number five, go ahead and start us up. All right, my number five, uh, it's going to flow right in with your number six really well, uh, but it's the Flare and Steamboat Trilogy. Uh, oh man, those three matches are yeah. are something. If you're if you're a wrestling fan, have you never watched those three matches? What are you doing? Right, you need to go. How'd you get? You it? need to actually stop. Listen to us right now. Come back to this list <laughs> when you're done watching those three matches. How did you get here? How did you get here? Yeah, <laughs> those three matches. I mean, uh, you know, even clips of it in um, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty Nature Boy episode my wife's like that looks really good and i was like what i was like you said that i was like well let's uh stop this and go watch that match right now uh, <laughs> but by all means <laughs> yeah for my wife to say that that's uh that that's pretty that shows you the the talent that's being put on right there and they go at such a pace in those so fast paced and boom 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 and yeah the thing is you can look at the the Macho Man and Steamboat match, which is amazing in it. And we'll add that onto this list. But to know what we know about that match, that it was so planned out, kind of right. kind of takes a ding to it to me. So to hear that they, that, I mean, everything was done pretty much on the fly between Flair and Steamboat, it just makes it even better to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know what's cool is Wolfie and I watched it on a match, watch along, and there was a moment where they go outside of the ring and I never knew this about wrestling as much, but he was like, look at how snug they are when they're close to the crowd. He's like, you got to be so snug when you're close to the crowd. And it was one of those things that I, I think I understood, but it just set off this thing in my head was like, like, wait a minute. That makes total sense because in the ring, there's some distance. You don't have to be as snug, but if you're right up on top of them, if you're not laying them in, then you're going to be able to see through the holes. You're going to see that the, you know, and I've been told that in the past to say, keep, you know, if you ever hit anybody or ever let anybody hit you, they're going to have to hit you harder outside of the ring than inside because there's that distance and that thing. And and when Wolfie said that, and it was a Ric Flair, it was the Nashville match at the municipal auditorium it just clicked with me at that point i was like holy crap that makes so much sense you know those guys are masters and you know some people say that macho man and rick steamboat have the greatest match of all time but i don't know man you'd have to you'd have to compare it to some other matches before i would commit to that 100 percent. yeah i mean it's, it's always the thing too you have uh seven star matches from okada and omega and you're like i don't know if that's two stars better than Steamboat and Flair, you can have your opinion and like it better, but is it sure two stars better? Uh, I don't know. I think false finishes really blow Meltzer's ego or something. He really loves a million false finishes, and I don't know. Old school wrestling didn't do that as much. I mean, they would have their, you know, false finishes, but, you know, these dramatic one, two, two and a half, two and three two, quarters. Three quarters. He, he's out at the 2.99 mark, you know? So, but again, you know, nothing to me is as good as those, you know, there's some 
series of matches that are on par with those. But yeah, those are the tops for sure. Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat, no question. So my number five is, again, I'm, I'm trying to think of what makes me the pro wrestling fan that I am today. And there would be no way I would be as big a fan without these two gentlemen. And that is the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. <laughs> Getting their action figures for Christmas from our Aunt Jeanette, we've said that a few times before, to enjoying them as pro wrestlers, to watching them in the war games, to watching them on a scaffold match at Starcade against the Midnight Express, to seeing them in the WWE, to seeing the long career. And then unfortunately, they passed away at too early of an age for both of them. Still, nothing would make me as big a wrestling fan without being a fan of the Road Warriors. It's hard to talk about wrestling without talking about the Road Warriors for us, just because of how much they meant to us as kids and how much we popped for them in our living room every time we saw them come on the TV. That's real Road Warrior pop right there. But to have oh, yeah. to have them and all their feuds and all their iterations and different organizations, they they just mean they're the epitome of tough guys in wrestling to us. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we could have every episode until the end of the podcast journey that we're on talking about the Road Warriors, and we could do so confidently in knowing that we would not be let down, nor would we be out of passion for what those guys have brought for us as fans. Well, I I wish I could have met them. You know, that would have been one of the things that kind of sets them apart from others is they're kind of, you know, you never met them. I know people that have met them and know people that are friends with them. And, you know, they just say these great things about them, but at the same time, they were no BS. They dictated a lot of stuff. I think they possibly didn't have quite the creative control that they could have had, but they were money-making dudes early on. You know, I've heard them be compared to Hulk Hogan, before and they kind of are the Hulk Hogan tag team, but I think they're also kind of the Bruiser Brody tag team when it came to business. You know, yeah, they they would not settle for less, and then they would make sure that their man Paul Ellering, their manager. You know, a lot of times in wrestling, I've learned that a manager is a bit of an afterthought, and it's it's for good reason in a lot of cases. But they always treated their manager Paul Ellering as something that was hugely important to them. And he was important to them. But when it came down to it, Hawk and Animal, the Road Warriors, they were such badasses, the Legion of Doom. I just, I am so thankful for them. All right. My number four flows perfectly in with your number five. My number four is the scaffold match at the Night of the Skywalkers, Starcade 86, Midnight Express versus the Road Warriors. Oh, yeah. That's just legendary. No question about it. I mean, how do you compare? <laughs> it's one of it's one of the worst matches because the guys didn't want to be up there. But at the same time, it's also an incredible match for us to watch as fans, you know? Yeah, it's so. it's just a it, it's, it's a spectacle to watch. Not that it's and like it's not the best match ever, but just that these guys were willing to get up there and put on a match, you know, and I know the. Rock and roll did it and everything like that. 
as well. But right. these guys up there, it just looked better with the the road warriors up there and just the sight of Jim Cornette hanging from it and, you know, big Bubba missing him and him blowing out his knees. You know, that's, yeah. that's some commitment right there to have, uh, completely to, to be yeah. able to do that. Um, I don't know if it's advisable, but it's, it's some commitment. Um, <laughs> and, and just how cool, you know, Cornette, I mean, he, he gets a lot of respect from us these days. But when I was that age watching him, I hated him. I mean, like. Could not stand him. I mean, yeah. like, it's like. He was that king loudmouth that made you just want to, like, kill him. Yeah. I mean, like, if you knew somebody <laughs> like that, he was like, he was the bully that would run his mouth until somebody called him on it. And then he's like, gets all scared and everything right. like that. So. Right. To see him called on his bluff by the two baddest dudes on the block. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not even uh, beautiful Bobby and. Uh, Stan Lane could help him at that point. No, not at all. And, you know, his big ass falling out of the sky off that scaffold. I mean, I would be scared to death, even though, you know, them hanging from it is not as far of a drop as them falling off the scaffold. It's still a drop, though. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine falling off that scaffold and taking a bump. I mean, I just can't. It's just not something that I could imagine being cool or comfortable or anything. So, yeah. yeah, but that's a great match and it's one that's legendary and it's one that's part of my wrestling fandom for sure. Wow. So, yeah. Go ahead with your number four, brother. All right. My number four is, you know, I've picked them. Number six, Ric Flair, the four horsemen. Number five, the road warriors. Number four. Do you have any guess? Rock and roll express. Ricky Morton and the Rock and Roll Express. Uh. Exactly. No tag team exemplifies my fandom of pro wrestling from start to finish like the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton was always one of my favorite wrestlers. He is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, if you you put him up there, it'd be Hawk, Ricky Morton, Ric Flair, Bobby Eaton, something like that. You know, the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, we, you know, I was blonde, I had a mullet, you were brown hair. We were a tag team. We called us Ricky and Robert. We were the Rock and Roll Express street team. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You know, I told little girls to call me Ricky. What else? I mean, anyway, I just, you know, no tag team was as cool to us and as awesome to us. They did the double drop kick. They were one of the first tag teams we got to see wrestle live, you know. And that means a lot too, because, you know, and when we were kids, it was on TV and we had never been to it live, but then we go see them live and that changes everything, you know? Oh yeah. And man, I just, I just remember, I mean, I could talk for hours about Ricky Morton, the rock and roll express and Robert Gibson and just, you know, all that, but honestly, really not much more can be said about it other than the fact that, you know, they're 
feud with the Midnight Express as one of the longest lasting feuds up until Bobby Eaton's death and retirement from the ring really was hard to, you know, hard to top. How many, how many times do you think Rock and Roll's wrestled the Midnight Express? Oh man, I don't know. Thousands. It has to be thousands of times, maybe, maybe just hundreds, but definitely up there. I would guess four numbers, but because of all the iterations you know, Ricky and Robert versus Bobby and Dennis versus Bobby and Stan. I don't know if there's more than those iterations that matter, but just comparing the two, I would say thousands of times and they're not going to be as good. You know, their later times working each other is not going to be as good as their early times, but at the same time, nothing, they, they just matched up so well, the baby face tag team versus the heel tag team. And that's just how it is, man. With, yeah. You know, with Jim Cornette was a huge, important part of that too, but oh, absolutely. honestly, I still could meet Ricky and, you know, we had him interviewed on the Wolfie D podcast and I, I was starstruck. I really was. And I, I know it's crazy to be like that, but I, I think I still would be. I actually got to, I've, I've had him in a podcast interview and I've managed against him. And that was one of the things. And I'll just say it right now. I, I had a stable, they were called the Alcazon Corporation and at NWA main event. And Ricky Morton was coming in and I managed three or four guys. I managed seven. I managed Dyron Flynn and I managed Chris Norte. Usually if Dyron wasn't on the show, Norte was. So I'd usually walk out there twice. I didn't want to go out more than twice because if I did, I was, it just wouldn't work. So what would happen is Flynn would go out with Norte or Norte would go out with Flynn or whatever and so on and so forth. I always went out there with seven but I sometimes would skip the others to let another guy go out with them to keep their heat. All part of the Alcazon Corporation. So the night that Ricky was coming in, there was a specific feud that I was working. I had to go out there with seven. I was his mouthpiece. There was a specific feud that we were involved in that I had to be involved in with Flynn's match as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Norte was working Ricky Morton. And so you never really wanted to show your your hand too much in the locker room as far as being a fan. You always wanted to act like you were there for business reasons and you didn't want to be called a mark. Well, I didn't care that night. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm, I went up to the booker, Charming Charles, and I said, look, Ricky Morton's coming out. I'm already going out there twice. Can Norte go out with Flynn and do this angle? He was like, no, brother, we need you. We need you, brother, out there. Can't have you. No, Sheiky, we got to have you. And I said, okay, then I'm going out with Norte too. I don't care. I'll walk out there on my own. You can fire me tomorrow if you you want to, but I'm going out there and somebody in the locker room says, and it was just, just nobody. I, I, I don't even want to mention his name. I haven't seen him since he's still in the business, I guess. But anyway, I saw he followed one of our podcasts on YouTube, so I'm not going to dog his name too bad, but he said, sounds like a mark to me. And I said, well, it sounds like a mark. I said, we're all marks in here and it's Ricky Morton. So I don't care. I'm going out there. And Charming Charles was like, well, brother, if you feel that strong about it, you go on out there. That's fine. And, <laughs> and that's how it went. And I managed against Ricky Morton. And I, it's just, I had to do that because I knew that if I didn't, I may not ever have that chance again. And that's how it went. I'm glad I did it. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, uh, you know, you, you never, uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So exactly. And sometimes you have to force the shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, uh, I met Ricky, uh, three or four years ago, four or five years ago, probably. 
at a local uh, Wendy's here in town. He was doing a fundraiser for a, yeah. a sick child, and uh, he was there yeah. signing autographs and talking to people. And man, I talked to him for ten minutes, probably just straight. And he's he's very down to earth, a normal person, uh, very talkative. He'll talk your head off. And yeah. uh, you know, if I ever got the chance to meet Robert, I would I would try to do everything I could to meet him as well. He's just in a little bit different area than I am. Right, but he's an Alabama, Georgia, Cola, so, Florida, yeah, yeah. Georgia guy. So yeah. harder to harder to lock down, but yeah, I don't I don't blame you. And yeah, I'm glad you did. You got me his autograph. I think that's the third Ricky Morton autograph I have, but yeah. I'm glad to get him every time. <laughs> yeah, <so>. absolutely. <laughs> well, how about your number three, bro? My number three, and hopefully you'll drop a little piece in here for this, but self high five. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So I remember Diamond Dallas Page all the way back in his days of being a manager and feuding. I remember big time his feuds with uh, uh, with Johnny B. Bad, and that's I, I have vivid memories of his feuds with Johnny B. Bad. He was kind of on that undercard television title, uh, yeah, constantly yeah. chasing. He was the heel, and right. I don't know. He was. He never. He didn't win much, from what I remember, and and it, it just seemed like there was a all of a sudden just a need for him when the NWO came along. That uh, he he kind of became and he and he he's the original People's Champ. I'm sorry for those Rock right. fans out there, but he's the original People's Champ. And right, you know, I love that character. I love that lone wolf. No need for anybody else's help. I can take this beating myself. And then yeah. uh, his feud with Macho Man that became a feud of the year that year, uh, you know, it was just, you know, spectacular. And there was real hatred. And, you know, he, he sold rib injuries by wearing the taped up ribs and everything like that. And oh, yeah. Just that motto. That was, that was probably the first uh, wrestling T-shirt uh, I, I've ever, I ever bought. And I've still got it. So, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember you took a liking to him like nobody's business. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember him being a manager for Bad Company and the Diamond Exchange yeah. and, you know, all that. But, you know, you were just a fan of his from the start and it was just kind of your guy. And that's nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody, so, everybody needs one, right? <laughs> so they need somebody. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you might as well be yours. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, DDP to me, he is so popular positive. He's hard to listen to sometimes because he's always kind of selling something these days. <laughs> you know, he's like, look, look, brother, I, I got you something, man. I got just, just talk to me after this. Okay, brother, just talk to me. You know, he's definitely got a thing where he wants to help everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. He's really good at it. It's been proven that he can help guys. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for you to try that DDPY yoga, man. So I've tried it some <laughs> before, man. It's a uh- Yoga is just not my thing. I'm just not flexible. I mean, I know I can do it, but yoga is just not right. fully my thing. I'm not yeah. flexible enough for it or something. I don't know. Well, Wolfie D was telling a story one time that DDP was doing a split, but he was doing it while he was standing up. So he was standing on one foot yeah. and he had and it like his- a ballerina. Yeah. yeah. He, d- he did that when they were on Shark Tank. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I-, I can't believe Shark yeah. Tank didn't. I mean, I've watched Shark Tank some. I can't believe they didn't invest in that. I mean, like. I they had numbers either. and everything, and, and they just didn't invest. Yeah. I couldn't believe it either because there's some of them that they have, and I'm like, are you crazy? Are you, yeah, are you crazy? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> okay, so my number three. Now, was that your number three? That was my number three, yeah. 
Okay, cool. So my number three, and these are starting to get a little personal here. And again, I I brought up this partially in the last one about Ricky Morton, but my number three has got to be Ken Steele and getting to be in the business. Honestly, you know, number 10 through four are huge to me, but nothing meant as much to me in my fandom than getting to be in the business of pro wrestling. Now, it's funny that I say business like I made some kind of money. I don't have any of the money (laughs) that I made. Sometimes it was nothing. Sometimes it was 50 bucks. Sometimes it was a hundred at best, but nothing to me meant more, you know, because I'm a natural performer. I was in plays in high school and, and I was in plays. Sound <laughs> Shut of <up>. music. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was in the sound of music and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, but nothing to me meant more than being in the business. So Ken Steele was my friend. I met him at the Christiansburg Mall when I used to work at Disc Jockey in the record store. And he would come in and he would talk heavy metal and I would talk wrestling. And he didn't want to talk about wrestling. He wanted to talk about music. And I was in a band and he was a wrestler and I always bugged him. And I was like, man, I want to be your manager. And he was like, you ought to come out and wrestle. And I'm like, man, I don't want to wrestle. I'm, I'm, I just want to be a manager. And he was like, well, be a referee. He was like, trust me, you know, a referee means more to the match, a good ref and a manager. Now come to find out every bit of the things that he told me are 1000% true. The wrestler, referee, then managers. Heck, maybe somebody else, then manager. Manager really isn't looked at as very important because sometimes the guys just feel like you're there to steal their heat. And heck, man, it's true. You know, a lot of managers don't know what they're doing and they do steal their guy's heat. So, you know, I can't say that he was wrong in that, but I am glad that I was a manager. He made a character for me. We thought up the name together, Prince Omar Alcazan. I got to manage him in North Carolina for a while in Virginia. Then I met a guy named Aaron Camaro and got to start working in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's when I got into the business that I consider becoming a member of the business. And that's when I met so many great people, Jared. I met Ricky Mort. I met Bobby Eaton. I met Dutch Mantel, Jerry the King Lawler. I met Wolfie D. That would have, I mean, how much different would things be right now if I hadn't met him? I met so many great names, Nikita Koloff, Mickey James, primetime Brian Lee. I'm going to forget a million people here. Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, you know, and then I got to know so many great people on the local level too, like Jeremiah Plunkett, like Mike Jablonski, like Shane Morton, like, you know, so many great Tony Falk. I love that man, Tony Falk. I I think I must have heat with Tony because he won't reply to me about coming on the podcast, but at the (laughs) same time. You know, I got to meet so many great people and I know I'm forgetting some people here, but truthfully getting in the business meant so much to me. I know it was at a rough time in my life too, but at the same time, man, I, I I just, that's one of the things that I'm most thankful is that I got to be in the pro wrestling business. Hey man, it put you where you are. So that's a, you know, you, you (laughs) right. Exactly. You you wouldn't have met Wolfie and you know, we, we probably wouldn't be having this podcast right now if you didn't. Wouldn't have met you. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you for your number two, Jack? My number two, and this is, uh, you know, he's probably top two favorite wrestlers for me of all time. And I didn't like him growing up, but I liked his, I liked his, per, I liked his, uh, 
you know, his energy he brought. And I believed that he was, you know, who he, who he said he was on the microphone. Uh, but Arn Anderson, the enforcer, my spot, you know, we talk about flair and how important he is to the four horsemen. And there's no doubting that, but when Arn Anderson had to give up his spot, my spot, my spot, not a spot, my spot, <laughs> my spot, my spot. <laughs> when he gave Working up his spot in the, in the four horsemen, that was truly a, you know, a sad day. And it was, you could feel that there was real, um, real kind of grief in him that he was not going to have his spot anymore in the four horsemen, but he, he'll always be in the four horsemen, but it was just not, not the spot he wanted anymore. My spot. Right. Exactly. My spot. <laughs> but he, he is so good on the microphone. Uh, like there I said, I, I believe every word he's saying when he's telling me, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he could play the coward heel a little bit, but traditionally he wasn't the coward heel. He was just the heel right. that you might beat. Uh, because right. you might be better right. on that night than him, but he yeah, was absolutely he was uh, the enforcer of that group, and you knew that if you're going to get to Flair, you're probably going to have to go through Arn first. Yeah, you're exactly right, and that was the guy. That was the guy that you know Ric Flair could count on to always have his back. It's kind of sad to know that they're not as tight as they used to be nowadays. You know what I'm saying? It's well, kind of sad that they. Don't always, but, in, but in a weird crossover moment, I'm going to, uh, it's always been sad to me when I found out that Andy Griffith and Aunt B didn't get along. Right. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I know it's different, but it, it, it's kind of a similar thing that, you know, you find out something, you're like, I don't know if I wanted to know that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a mixture of two things. I think she was this classically trained actress and I think Andy's a little grouchy sometimes, you yeah. know? And but she's taking blame. For she's taking blame for it too, though, over the years. But I mean, if you've known Andy and heard about Andy, Andy was pretty much all business when it came to stuff like that, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. him being a writer on the show and a producer, probably, and also a performer and the main guy, you know, I've just heard that Andy can be a little grouchy, which is kind of uh, deflates my balloon anyway. But yeah. when it comes down to it, you know, you know, he was the man, just like Rick was the man, and and Arn was always there for him and Arn Arn is an incredible performer and without Ric Flair there he's still a great wrestler but man that combination of them two together you know he was like the ultimate wingman you know the wingman who would not only help you find the woman but also watch out you know for somebody about to kill you or punch you or fight you you know he'd help you find the woman and then he would knock out her husband coming to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got this one, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Got my Glock. <laughs> yeah. I've got, yeah. Arn man. He's one of the podcasts that I do listen to a lot and he definitely has some great stories and has some great, you know, he has good recall too, which is cool. He, he does have great recall. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to uh, his the other day, him and Conrad in a clip on YouTube, they were talking about, uh, Vienna sausages and potted meat. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, is Arn Anderson yeah. their dad? The same person? Because <laughs> he's like, yeah, Conrad, you get saltines and put some of that potted meat on there. Yeah, yeah. Some he doesn't like something. I can't remember. I don't think he likes mayonnaise either. No, he likes mayonnaise because he 
because he was saying put mayonnaise on bread with the Vienna sausages. So. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, it's something. He said that Church's fried chicken is the best fried chicken, and I I need to try some Church's. I'm to, trying to, to test that so out. I don't know, yeah, yeah, me either. I might have, but I, I don't know that I have. But anyway, saying about food, but yep. it is okay. Thanksgiving. So there you go. <laughs> If you don't have family, go get you a bucket of Church of Fried Chicken for Thanksgiving. Or tell them Arn Anderson sent you. <laughs> tell, them, tell them Martin Lundy sent you. Yeah, tell them Double A. My spot. Yeah. My spot. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's cool. Arn Anderson, what a great one, man. So my number two is definitely very important to my thank you pro wrestling is live wrestling events that we went to, you know? So the first one I remember going to was the one in council with our cousin and we went to watch, and I believe this was the time that you got slimed by Ming. Ming, Yeah. Yeah. Haku, whatever. And he was wrestling Jimmy Valiant and who was supposed to be wrestling? It wasn't Jimmy Valiant. Was there somebody else that was supposed to be there in the main event? And, or was it Ming? Was it supposed to, I don't know. There was somebody that didn't like, yeah. And the rock and roll express were on the show. And I'll forever remember that we were, we, we, I mean, we were well off kids. We didn't have much money concerns, but we didn't necessarily take a ton of money with us to the event. And I remember we wanted to buy something from rock and roll. So we bought pictures or something. And then the rest of the guys, we just took a piece of notebook paper around to get them to sign it. And we got this guy's autograph, this guy's autograph, this guy's. And then we get to Jimmy Valiant and he's like, brother, you got to buy something, brother. And I get it now, but it made me not like him forever. Yeah. And so there was that one. Then there was another one that was Smoky Mountain that we went to see. I know for a fact it was a Smoky Mountain show in Council Elementary. And then- we went to in Bristol at the Viking Hall, and I did a lot of research to find out more about that one. And the first one that I can find that was registered as a TV taping was in 93, and it said like Jake the Snake was there and stuff. And I don't remember That's him not being it. there. Yeah. I feel like we so I, I feel like I was twelve. I would have been twelve in ninety three. I don't feel like that's right. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's right either because I was gonna be because you would have uh, been 15, 16. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that would have yeah, I don't know, yeah, man. I don't think that was a yeah, that was not it either. So I'd be a 14, you'd have been 12. Then also, I don't remember, but anyway, there was the time we went to the, we've talked about this one already before, but we went to the Viking Hall in Bristol, Virginia, Tennessee, and we watched WCW or TV taping. I remember they ran it twice, Sting wrestled twice, Ric Flair was there. He was being, he was getting a babyface pop. Arn Anderson and him were cutting a promo and people were cheering for him and it kind of surprised us. Yeah. Also, then we went on to see Sting, or not Sting, <laughs> Robert Hawkins, the drummer of Temple, dressed up like dressed up as Sting, Sting, and we took him through the Johnson City Mall because we needed to get something, remember? And we ate and a, we ate at Burger King. <laughs> we took him at as, Burger King. And, and he's dressed as Sting. And then we saw DDP and the Giant and Lex Luger in a tag team. And DDP wrestled by himself, which you can actually see that in a short that we made that included, you know. Included some grainy for, footage of us. Very grainy footage. And what's funny is our uncle and aunt saw us on TV in Pigeon Forge. <laughs> yeah. And it was on one of the TBS channels. And I think we ended up getting a VHS copy of it or having a VHS copy of it. And, you know, but that was at a TV taping. And then, you know, just. Yeah, then I've gone on to see, you know, 
tons of local wrestling and then also seen several different raws and you know and things like that and and it, i haven't been there in a while to see a big time show i just love live wrestling and there's something about it that's just so unbeatable you know what i mean and yeah it's like it's like live baseball to me it's better live it's it's uh yeah, there's something totally about agree the uh like I, I baseball basketball and football i could watch on tv all day long and not miss the liveness of it but baseball and wrestling are, are big and up there into it being live and being better the only thing that i really oh, miss yeah. sometimes is the announcers but not all of the time do i miss the announcers in that case Oh, yeah. No, no, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, there's just nothing like seeing live pro wrestling to me and just to just to witness it and feel it and hear the bumps and and the yells and the screams and just nothing like it, man. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I got to get Paxton into something sometime. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You're number one, Jet. All right. Drum roll, please. <laughs> My number one is July 7th, 1996. Bash at the Beach, The Outsiders, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and a mystery partner versus Sting, Lex Luger, and Macho Man. Oh, yeah. And the matches dwindling down, The Outsiders kind of have control of the match. And they're they're just put a hurting on him. Is Luger out of the match or something at this point? I think Luger's maybe like had to like go out to the back or something like that. He had an injury, and Hulk Hogan comes through, and you're just like, "What's he doing? Is Hulk back? Because he'd been away for a little while." Hulkamania! Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk Hogan's here! Hulk Hogan is in the building! You damn right he is! Go get him, Hulkster! What are you talking about? Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived! Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is oh he doing? Oh my god! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW! He is the third man! Look at this picture! Oh my god! What the hell is going on? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? I, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother. You just what have I been saying the all these years? Huh? What have I been saying all these years? Oh, you know, oh my can... God. And then he puts that leg drop on Macho Man, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's with them. Yeah. I mean, that's like the unthinkable. I uh, know. I know. You know, there's a lot of times you didn't see baby faces like, I mean, I, I, going far back, but did Bruno San Martino ever turn heel? I doubt it. You know? No, I don't think so. And Hulk yeah. was heel some before Hulkamania, right. but not right. not since Hulkamania. And, you know, you never, I don't think, we never really got to see John Cena heel, you know, I, and I doubt that will ever happen now. Uh, right. So to right. see somebody of this magnitude um, be a heel 
man, I just had some pop to it. And of course it created the, the, you know, the NWO right there and it created the crow sting gimmick out of it. And we got all those, um, we got all that, you know, you, you alluded to it a lot in the Monday night wars earlier, but we got, uh, all those rafter drops from sting, uh, you know, saving DDP, uh, helping, Piper or just taking out the NWO himself. I mean, one of my favorite moments is that uncensored 97 when Dusty Rhodes is like, all hell's broke loose and uncensored and hell brought with him a baseball bat. All hell is broken loose and uncensored and hell brought with him a baseball bat. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's one of my exactly. favorite calls in wrestling history. So, yeah, it is. It is definitely, it's one of the greatest. And it's also one of the most hilarious too, because it was just a classic dusty as oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, man, that's such a great deal. And, and who wouldn't be a fan of pro wrestling if you saw that, you know what I mean? Oh so. yeah. Just, I mean, I, I mean, and Bobby the brain doing his best kind of heel commentator at the time and his kind of not trust a Hogan in the, uh, at the bash. Of the oh beach yeah. Is like, uh, he spoils it. He, he's, he's like, but who's he with? <laughs> right. And Dusty's like, yeah, what are you th- talking about? <laughs> yeah. What are you? I can't even imagine we would say that, but he's, it just led to his story, his ultimate, you know, storyline of never trusting Hogan. He never liked Hogan. Yeah, so exactly. why would he give him any benefit of the doubt at this very crucial moment? You know? Oh yeah. Super important. We've covered that one before and I love it. I think it's, you know, in our factions episode, which, you know, go back and listen to that in the archives. But to me, that one, that one is, is high up there as far as it goes when you get into the overall appeal of pro wrestling and it could tie into my number nine, you know, with the, you know, the WCW versus NWO segments and storylines that were going on on Nitro at that time. Nothing like it, man. Could yeah, be beat. absolutely. So, yeah. Well, my number one, and again, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Mine are a little more sentimental because I've had a a toe tip in the business, but my number one, and and I'm just going to say it, is my wrestling podcasts with my brother, Jared, and my other brother, Wolfie D. (laughs) And, you know, it's reinvigorated my enjoyment of the business. It's given me more confidence in the business that I, you know... I would sometimes just say, I wouldn't really talk about wrestling with everybody. It was kind of something I didn't really talk about with other people, but now I'm just like, who cares? I like it. If you don't, it's fine. You don't have to, you know, but I love, I enjoy, it's a lot of work. Y'all don't even know how much work it is. I mean, you think, you know, but you don't, unless you're doing your own podcast and then you do, and then you may not because of the way that I do them. I'm a maniac about this stuff. You know, this show started out a little differently, but I love the path that it's taken, you know, there was limits trying to be put on the early stage of this show that wasn't going to work out in the long run of things. And, you know, you and I, there, there's zero issues with rapport. And even if we don't agree on things, we don't get our feelings hurt, you know, and also I can trust you, man. And I'm, I'm just going to say it. That's where our podcast is now. So if you've heard different names and voices on past episodes, nothing personal, 
but this is the team right here and this is the team as is. Just like with Wolfie and I, we'll have guest hosts on the show with us and so on and so forth. But when it comes down to it, I got to have somebody that has my back just like I have theirs. So with that being said, I guess you could say James Rock Street Productions, but for sure, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling and Live It In Color with Wolfie D is the thing I'm most thankful for in wrestling podcasts as a whole. When it comes down to it, I love wrestling podcasts. Uh, and, the, and the wrestling podcast has kind of made me want to find more out about wrestling and having my own, you know, two shows. I, I love it. And, and that's what it is. So the, I guess my number one would be called my wrestling podcast, but they're not just mine. They're yours. They're Wolfies and all that. But long story short, you get what I'm saying. I got you, brother. Give me back my pro wrestling and live and in color with Wolfie D are my favorite things and the things that I'm most thankful about pro wrestling. <laughs> hey, it's awesome. I'm glad to, right. I'm glad to be a part of it and glad to have your back, brother. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think bigger and better things are on the horizon for us. Just wait and see. I mean, at the time that you and I did our first episode, because here's the other thing, and I'm just going to say this. I felt like the previous people that were on the show were trying to treat you as less than a full host. And I did not deal with that well. I didn't like that. So what I did is I just went ahead and announced you as a host because you know what? That's how it is. So the other thing is, you know, I know I can trust you when it comes down to it. Worst case scenario, if everything else fails, I can trust you. The biggest thing is, is you got to have the same passion for it that I do. And not everybody does. And that's okay. But if you don't, I don't know that we're going to be good partners in this. And I know you don't have all the time in the world and I get that. So thank you for spending the time with me that you do. But, you know, I feel like it's, it's even helped our friendship as brothers, you know, our brothership, you know, we get to, you know, talk to each other more and it's about wrestling. And like I said, on the last episode, all it is, is our conversations recorded. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. You You just, you just hear our inner monologue sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, this is it. This is what we're talking about normally anyway. So, yeah. But, you know, I wanted to make this episode. Thank you, Pro Wrestling. And obviously, you know, that's that's where it's at. So, you know, that's my top 10. That's your top 10. How about let's do this. Let's take a break and we'll be right back and wrap things up. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. To the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stompdown, where twice a month we review monster movies from all quarters of the planet. Join me, Sludge, I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. 
and we are back with more Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And Sheik, I tell you, that's been a great episode, man. Definitely appreciate you, you know, doing this with me. Thank you, Pro Wrestling, but thank you, Plastic Sheik, Jared Street, for sure. Well, thank you, brother. You make all this happen, and you put in uh, so much work at this that, you know, it's it's very enjoyable to me. I like it. I You know, when you first asked me to do part, I, I didn't... I didn't really know if I would like it too much or anything like that, but sometimes it does give me an outlet to uh, express my uh, opinion on things with wrestling. And I, and I like that, you know, I can kind of get it all out there. You don't have to bottle it up if you don't have somebody to talk to about it. So it's nice. And I, yeah. I you know, I'm thankful for our listeners, you know, they don't have to listen to us, but they choose to. And, you know, that's, that's awesome to be. It is, it is. And you guys come out in droves and we thank you so much for that. You know, I never knew that, we could even be a top 500 wrestling podcast. Cause whenever you go ahead and do a Google search sometime for a, just a, an approximation of how many wrestling podcasts there are, and then probably double whatever Google tells you, yeah. because there are those that people start and never finish. There are those that they name and start and do two episodes and drop it. But when you go down to it, that you and I have had a consistently top 200 in the top thousands of wrestling podcasts, dude. I mean, that's, that's super cool, man. You know, we're, we're blessed. And and again, just like you said, thank you to our listeners. Thank you all for continuing to come back, whether it be on, you know, we just, we added somebody new on, you know, our, our YouTube channel that started to listen to us and just said, wow, this, what if idea is so cool. I'm glad you guys do this. I'll check out your other episodes. That's what it's all about, man, is more people listening and more people just joining in and joining the conversation about wrestling. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. And that's kind of where we're at, man, is, you know, thank you listeners. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Wolfie. Thank you, Mike Jablonski. Thank you everybody for just being a part of this with us. You know, we have so many things in the future with us. We've got more interviews, more topics, more what ifs, you know, the, the more the merrier, but 2023 is going to be a big year for us for sure. Absolutely. I'm hoping the sky's the limit. It is. I agree. I, I think it is. You know, definitely if you guys have a business out there that you would like to hear your advertisement on our shows, you definitely can do that. Give us an email at gmbmpw at gmail.com. Also, we have our social media platforms in Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just look us up under gmbmpw or give me back my pro wrestling. Also, if you don't mind and have a little time, just rate and review us, like, and subscribe, follow us, do whatever you can to kind of help the algorithm and let us be known a little bit more. But really that rate and review is just so important to us. And if you don't mind, go ahead and leave five stars. And while you're at it, write what you think about it. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. You know, Tell us ideas that you have. Come on the social media. Join the group. You're always welcome. It's always GMBMPW. And then again, we're always Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling on all major podcast platforms, also YouTube. Thank you all again for for just everything. And we want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. And hopefully it's a safe and happy, joyous time with your family out there. You know? Absolutely. Enjoy that pumpkin pie, turkey, stuffing, all the good stuff. Pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, enjoy that pumpkin pie. Hopefully, I'll have a butterscotch pie waiting for me somewhere. Hey, listeners out there, if you guys make good pie, and this is probably mostly dudes, 
So ask your girlfriend, your mom, your grandma, if she makes a good butterscotch pie and have them send it to us. Just get our address off of Google. I'm sure it's not hard to find. (laughs) We hope y'all have a great Thanksgiving. We hope y'all have a great holidays. Join us next time for more Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And for the Plastic Sheet Jared Street, I am Jimmy Street. And once again, we are Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Don't forget, fight forever. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.